Why is God so angry? Isn't the Bible full of contradictions? How could God allow so much science just proves the Bible? Good. How can the how Bible can say the earth was created in six days? How can the Bible say the earth was created in six days? Banksy is a, a famous street artist in the UK, um, but, but it's a pseudonym. No one actually knows who Banksy is. He leaves these work of arts in public places, and, and they've become these masterpieces that are treasured uh, through, you know, over the last couple of decades. And in 2018, uh, one of these prints, one of Banksy's prints, uh, sort of wound up in an auction house. It was in this, this big elaborate frame. And uh, it was on a wall being auctioned off, and, and it's amazing. There's actually it's it's all on video, um, but uh, the bidding gets up on this on this Banksy picture up to 1.4 million dollars. And sure enough, as the gavel comes down on the final sale, the gavel hits uh, someone somewhere triggers a mechanism inside the frame of this this painting, and the painting begins to descend through the frame, which is actually a paper shredder. Um, now the, the the frame actually it gets jammed about halfway through, but but this painting that had just sold for 1.4 million dollars ends up half shredded, sticking out the bottom, and people are just gasping uh, in this auction house as it's all on camera. It's this this really amazing moment. Um, Banksy was trying to destroy his work of art in defiance for something that he detested, which was uh, art collection and, and, and capitalism in many ways too. Uh, now it's seized up and ironically enough, the, this, this, this picture which is now half shredded and famously is, is worth way more than the 1.4 that it sold for. And so there's an irony there. Um, but he was willing to destroy a work of art, his own work of art, in order to, to communicate something that, that he was against. We're going to see that, that God is, is willing to do the same thing. Um, today we talk about, um, chronologically, we're at this point where one of the, the most traumatic and important pieces in the Old Testament uh, for the people of the day, which is the destruction of Solomon's temple. Um, Solomon had spent seven years building the temple, his temple. And uh, Jerusalem is a city for many years has remained uh, sort of a, a conquered uh, or a, an outpost, uh, a pagan outpost. And David conquered Jerusalem, which is the city up on a hill. Um, he conquered it and, and renamed it. Uh, and, and Solomon, his son, was finally given the green light by God, commissioned to build this temple. And so seven years and, and, and countless sort of amounts of gold and silver and, and, and workers. And, and it's, it is actually one of the wonders of the world of the time. Uh, it was amazing. People came from all over to see the temple. Uh, its stones were actually cut and hewn in the quarry so that uh, on uh, the temple site there'd be no noise of hammers, that it was to remain uh, quiet and holy and sacred. And so you can imagine uh, in construction projects, they would have to make each piece and then carry these stones from the quarry cut already in place, hoping, I guess, that they fit. They were very skilled, but they built this temple, which was uh, about 90 feet long, 30 feet uh, wide, and 45 feet high. So of, of these, these elaborate stones, and, and, and the whole inside of the temple w was covered in gold. And so you had, for the very few people who were allowed to go in, could you uh, just imagine walking into this giant golden room uh, pillars of cedar and, and and olive wood. It was it was it was filled with items of gold and silver. Uh, it was carved ornately. This amazing curtain which was woven that separated the holy of holies. Um, it was it was breathtaking. 
uh, the temple, uh, and it was, it was dedicated to God. And at the time of its dedication, actually, this cloud, this fog came over the temple, which was God showing the people that his glory was dwelling in this place among them. The temple was the pride of Israel. It was their identity. It was the political, uh, it was the, the, the sort of cultural uh, identity piece. Sort of it was the, the center of these things and, and, and religion in, for the people. Um, it, it, it was the most sacred and celebrated symbol in their lives. Uh, Solomon's temple, built in, in 957 BC. Um, but as it was being built, uh, God, God gave Solomon some instructions. Now here's what he says in 1 Kings chapter 9. As soon as Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord, the king's house, and all that Solomon desired to build, the Lord appeared to Solomon a second time as he appeared to him at Gibeon. And the Lord said to him, I have heard your prayer and your plea with which you have made before me. I have consecrated this house that you have built by putting my name there forever. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. And as for you, if you will walk before me as David your father walked with integrity of heart and uprightness, doing according to all that I have commanded you, and keeping my statutes and my rules, then I will establish your royal throne over Israel forever, as I promised David your father, saying, You shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. But if you turn aside from following me, you or your children, and do not keep my commandments, my statutes that I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them, then I will cut off Israel from the land that I have given them, and the house that I have consecrated for my name, and I will cast out of my sight, and Israel become a proverb and a byword among all people, and this house will become a heap of ruins. Everyone passing by will be astonished and hiss, and they will say, Why has the Lord thus done this to the land and to this house? Then they will say, Because they abandoned the Lord their God, who brought their fathers out of the land of Egypt, and laid hold on other gods, and worshipped them, and served them. Therefore the Lord has brought all this disaster upon them. So there's a warning to Solomon right from the start, which is, Obey me, stick to the covenant, and this will remain a place of glory. But disobey, and things won't go poorly, and, and, all, and the house will be destroyed, the temple. Um, and this is sort of the high point in Israel. Uh, this, is, this is the high watermark. But Solomon, we see almost immediately after this, begins to break all of these covenants and, and these statutes that God has laid out for kings. And so he begins amassing this army, which he was told not to do, and collecting chariots, which he was specifically kings were specifically told not to do. And then he starts intermarrying foreign wives, which he was specifically told not to do, and then setting up these false uh, altars to, to false idols, and which, again, told not to do. And it sets the people on this course where, where they begin, as we talked about a couple days ago, to really drift quickly. Um, and so right from the beginning, uh, this idolatry kicks in and, and the prophets come time and time again to warn people to call them back from the drift. Um, but to no avail. Uh, God then brings this judgment, uh, which, which he had, had, had sort of foreordained on the people. They, they wouldn't listen, they were stiff-necked, they wouldn't repent, so he brings a judgment. And so we see uh, the Babylonians come in, and they kind of conquer the area, but they instill a puppet governor. Uh, Zedekiah is sort of instilled as the king, but he's a puppet king. Uh, and Zedekiah turns to Egypt uh, and sort of this coup to try and, and break free from Babylon. Uh, and there's, there's something there, there's a metaphor as well of this going back to Egypt, of trusting Egypt. And, and, and King Nebuchadnezzar, who's the king of Babylon, hears about this and he's infuriated um, by Israel and, and this, this, this treasonous act. And so he sends his forces to Jerusalem and he, and he sieges 
Uh, he brings siege upon Jerusalem, which is the city up on a hill, which is well fortified. And, and Hezekiah, a few years before, had built these, these, these tunnels underneath to bring in water, which you can actually still go into this day. And so it's a well-fortified city, and it's got water. And Nebuchadnezzar comes in, and he actually builds a second set of walls around the city. And a siege is essentially just to starve a city. Uh, and so he sets these walls up so that nothing can get in and no one can get out. And for two years, Jerusalem is under siege. And you can imagine the, just the horror inside those walls as, as they run out of food and they begin to starve. And, and some of the implications and the consequences of, of that starvation, that slow starvation and the terror inside those walls. And then in 587 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar breaks through the walls and actually tears them down. He destroys the walls of the city. And then he destroys the temple. He plunders the gold and everything in it and, and, and brings the temple down into a heap of rubble. And we see that in 2 Kings 25. In the fifth month of the seventh day of the month, that was the 19th year of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the bodyguard, a servant of the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and he burned the house of the Lord. And the king's house and all the houses of Jerusalem, every great house he burned down. And the army of the Chaldeans who were with the captain of the guards broke down the walls around Jerusalem and the rest of the people who were left in the city and the deserters who had deserted to the king of Babylon. Together with the rest of the multitude, Nebuchadnezzar, the captain of the guard, carried into exile. But the captain of the guard left some of the poorest of the land to be uh, mine dressers and plowmen. The city of God is destroyed. Zion is in ruins. The temple, this amazing temple, which has stood for almost 400 years as this cultural, political, and, and religious identity is broken down. The people are absolutely heartbroken. God, uh, just before this happens, we see in, in some of the prophets that God actually abandons. He leaves the city. He leaves the temple. Uh, and there's actually in Psalm 79, we see Psalm 79, Psalm all about uh, the, the mourning of the temple, the mourning of the city. But I, I think the people missed the point of, of what the temple was pointing to. That they, they had so much pride and love for the temple, but yet they, they committed all this idolatry and, and they pursued other gods. And, and the people missed the point of what the temple was pointing to. And so I think it leads us to the question in some ways of does the means sometimes distract us from the ends? Do we like coming to church because of the feeling it gives us and, and we like the people who are here and, and we like singing? Is that, that If that's the means, it's the means to an end, which is to worship God, to grow more like Him in our character, uh, to, to worship Him fully, to celebrate who He is and to draw closer to Him. That's the ends. And, and sometimes, if we're honest, I think the means distract from the ends, just as the temple did. And we see, I, I think, about God's character here is that he, he's, he's not about institutions and that He doesn't need our buildings. He doesn't need our things. And He's willing to actually cut those things off if they become a distraction from the ends, from the main thing, which is true worship of Him, which is us abiding in Him. I mean, even today, I mean, we look back and, man, I, man, I wish that Solomon's temple was still there. And the people for hundreds of years will continue to just live in, in this mourning grief. And, and, and the temple that Herod later builds is, is really just a, like a poor shadow of Solomon's temple. 
And what does it tell us for our plans? I think some, God's plans, I think sometimes that God has to wound us in order to heal. That God had to, to bring that pain. God had to allow the people into exile. God had to bring down this glorious temple. He had to bring it down in order to actually start this healing process of cutting off the idolatry, of getting to the heart of what really needed to happen. Um, he had to cut the temple down in order to heal, kind of like a surgeon has to cut in order to bring healing. And what does it tell us about God's purposes? Well, I think that, that, again, as Calvin said, we are idol factories. And sometimes God has to tear these idols out of our hands. The people felt like they were okay with God simply because they had the temple. Look, that's where God is dwelling. We're good. We have the temple. We can, we can, we can perform sacrifices in the temple, and then I can do with what I want with the rest of my life and serve with other, other idols or gods or uh, break whatever commandments I want. And, and sometimes I think we have these idols, these things that we love more than God, and sometimes God will actually break our hands um, to open them so that we can let these things go. He's willing, He loves us enough um, to inflict that kind of pain in our lives sometimes. And, and it forces us just to, to, I think, ask the question, what do we want more? Do we want the means or the ends? And do sometimes, are there means in our life of, of even just a... Um, perhaps even a morning quiet time. Is the morning quiet time more about the coffee and about the quiet than it is about actually trying to encounter God's presence? I think these are important questions that we need to continually come back to. Do we truly have God as the ultimate ends and love Him with, with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength? That's, uh, that's the challenge as we, uh, as we go into the weekend. Let me pray. Father God, um, Thank you that you love us enough not to let us settle for lesser things. Help us to open our hands freely to the idols that we hold. Help us to trust you in, in times of pain when you, when you pull things away that we, we, we truly love. Help us to trust you with those things. And God, help us to turn our gaze fully upon you. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Hope you have a great weekend. Hopefully we'll see you soon.